In this industry, protecting your business starts with protecting your employees. And that's especially important when they're behind the wheel. Motor vehicle crashes are the number one cause of workplace fatalities in Texas, but there are steps you can take to keep your drivers safe. And step one is contacting Texas Mutual Insurance Company. They created the Texas Green Industry Safety Group specifically for businesses like yours. And they can help you train your drivers to buckle up, slow down, avoid distractions, and stay alert on the road. Plus, as a safety group member, you'll save an average of 12% on your workers' comp premium and have the chance to earn an extra dividend every year. If safety and savings sound good to you, get started today by talking to your agent or visiting texasmutual.com slash texasgreenindustry. Well, all right. Welcome to a new episode of The Green Report. I am pleased, delighted, and honored today to have none other than Representative Dwayne Burns of Texas House District 58. Representative Burns was first elected to the Texas House of Representatives in 2014 and is currently serving in his fifth term. Representative Burns has been appointed to the chair for land and resource management and serves on the Higher Education Committee. Raised in southwest Johnson County, he grew up on a small farm near Boss County Line and the Brazos River. He transferred from AM. I have to say this in this way, Representative Burns. I know you're a Cleveland High grad. A lot of our listeners, a lot of our, our members are, are AM grads. So I want to make sure that they know you are an Aggie, but then you transferred on and graduated from Tarleton State. So we have a lot of Tarleton State people there. So, you know, we've touched the gamut of all things with the Ag folk here. Representative Burns is you all's man. Uh, Representative Burns currently is a property and business investment manager. Uh, his family is no strangers to hard work. They have a long history in farming, ranching, and construction. Their family ranch is still in operation to this day. Previously, Representative Burns served as vice president of Cleveland ISD Board of Trustees and president of the Johnson County Farm Bureau and a member of Johnson County Economic Development Commission and Fire Commissioner for Johnson County's Emergency Services District 1. He's married to his high school sweetheart, Jennifer, and they are proud parents of two sons and a daughter. Burns family are members of the First Baptist Church in Cleburne. And ladies and gentlemen, none other than Representative Dwayne Burns. Sir, how are you? Man, I'm great. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate that. And almost everything you read there was true. So uh, no, it was all good. I appreciate that kind introduction. Very good. Yes, sir. So tell tell our listeners so that most people are prized to who you are. You are an advocate for all things uh, ag in the state and specifically horticulture for our members at TNLA. But talk to us about the man, uh, where you started and, and how we you are where you are today. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, as, as you as you stated, I, I grew up pretty humble beginnings on a farm just uh, in the southwest part of the county here out in the country. I'm a country kid, a bus rider, all those kind of things. And uh uh, you know, was active in 4-H, FFA, all of those types of programs. That's really kind of FFA changed my life and 4-H as I, as I got older, uh, got me believing in uh, that I could get out and talk to people and speak about issues that were important to me and important to agriculture and all those kind of things. So um, ag, is, uh, ag has been a part of me, uh, you know, since, well, my whole life. I can't remember a time in my life when we were doing something related to agriculture production. And um, and so, I, you know, as I, I progressed, went to Tarleton State, like you said, went to A&M and uh, then to Tarleton State and, uh, uh, you know, got my ag degree there and um, went on went on from there to, to work for some good folks, work for the Grain and Feed Association for a period of time. And then um, 
at one point was an inspector for the Department of Agriculture. And I got to kind of use some of the things that I went to school for to do some crop certification, seed certification, things like that. And uh, even some nursery floral uh, inspections. When I was, a, when I was a, an inspector back then, you know, helping folks figure out, you know, what pests might be uh, lurking among their uh, their nursery floral products, how to control those things, all those kind of things. So it was a uh, so the, the the nursery floral world is not is not foreign to me and a and a valuable part of our Texas economy. And uh, uh, I'm just thrilled to be able to help help them out. You know, thank you. We thank you for being a champion for us. I I like to often mention to people, you know, uh, the horticulture industry in Texas is a $38 billion industry. So, you know, it, it's not shabby. Uh, we're definitely helping, you know, push things forward in the state. Uh, shout out to all of our, our listeners and members that are FFA and 4-H. I know they'd be glad to hear that and uh, and that background. So talk to us about your, your political journey, sir. So I know that you worked for, you know, former Governor Perry at the time. He was then Land Commissioner Perry. Um, and then on to, you know, you're in your current seat, but you've done some things in between from school boards to various safety commissions, things of that nature. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, you know, right out of, right out of college, I, I, I wrote a, uh, worked for the Grain and Feed Association just for a brief period of time and, and wrote a kind of a political newsletter for them for a period of time because I had interned uh, the Texas Department of of agriculture under, under Commissioner Perry as they were preparing for what was then the 74th legislative session, I believe, back, uh, you know, last century, back in the in the 90s. And uh, so uh, went on to work for a couple of House members uh, right after that, but then ultimately went back to work for the Department of Agriculture under Commissioner Perry. And I served as his coordinator for special issues. Uh, worked there for, uh, for you know, about four years and got a chance to travel with then Commissioner Perry and, um, you know, take part in some of the policy uh, development for water and, and pesticide issues, different things like that, organics, uh, different, just, you know, all of the things that came under the purview of the Texas Department of Agriculture. And I was blessed to have that experience. And, um, you know, one of our tenets was, let's figure out where you know, kind of government shouldn't be and what where it's meddling in people's lives and businesses and let's move, let's remove it, especially in the ag industry. And so that kind of philosophy's uh, followed me. And, um, you know, we moved, moved back home when our kids started uh, coming along there after our first one was born, Parker. Well, we moved, decided to move back to the family ranch and be around our our, our folks and uh, all that good stuff. We, my wife and I both enjoy being raised in, uh, in the country out there in Johnson County and uh, wanted that for our kiddos too. So move back home and, um, you know, as, as you and your members know, um, it, once you, if you start volunteering and, and being a part of the community and things like that, well, things snowball. And uh, as, uh, as you show willingness to do that and help people, well, I, you know, as you and you went through the list there, I kind of served on the Economic Development Commission, served on the Historical Commission, and then uh, um, I served as a fire commissioner for our emergency services district, and then uh, ultimately became a, a school board member. And uh, right after right after that is uh, when the opportunity to 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 run for this office uh, came came available. And um, after honestly a lot of prayer and a lot of uh, you know some. Uh, I guess prodding along by my friends and folks and in, in the ag community here in Johnson County and the Farm Bureau and and things like that, um, we decided that it was a mission our family was worth taking on, felt was worth taking on, and uh, so here we are. Yeah. And and it's been a it's been a great journey and um and uh, and I love it. I love serving folks. I love being able to help folks in the ag industry and fight for property rights and 
and uh, the business rights of folks that are struggling to make ends meet and, uh, you know, grow food and vegetables and, and horticulture and fiber for our, uh, for our, our Texans. And uh, it's an honor of a lifetime to do it. Yeah. Amen. Well, we appreciate you um, and your service uh, to our state and uh, we, and specifically again, to uh, being a friend to TNLA. Uh, you know, you've had a journey uh, in your own professional career prior to public service, right? And yourself with your family, uh, being farmers, right? You understand, you spoke to the mission when you were at the Ag Department was to figure out where government maybe need to get out of the way, right? And so then when you think about that, fast forwarding to where you're at in your career now, uh, the lay of the land uh, for farming rights in the state of Texas, uh, there was a call that, that that came upon you to to do something to help strengthen rights, I would say, maybe we could call it, right? Uh, and so there's this thing called Proposition 1, right? Right to farm. Uh, Proposition 1 will be an amendment to the Texas State Constitution, and it's going to protect the fundamental rights of landowners and leases to participate in agricultural practices, right, on their own properties. And in short, we're telling uh, government, get out of the way of people's right to farm their land. And you are the man that brought that about. And so could you explain to us what that process was, how this uh, concept came to mind, uh, and how we even get to what we now know is a proposition that's on the ballot? And things of that nature. You bet. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's it, it was very organic and how it happened. Um, started getting. I was I was the chairman of the Ag and Livestock Commi uh, Committee uh, last session. Well, not this most recent session, but the eighty seventh legislature. And um, during the interim, we started getting phone calls and visits uh, from and emails from uh, farmers and ranchers that were on the outskirts of some some cities that. You know, at, at once upon a time, they had been in a rural area, but as our state grows, our population keeps growing, um, we, they, they now found themselves surrounded by new neighbors and in some cases inside city limits and now surrounded by new city ordinances. And not everybody's from an ag background. Not everybody appreciates, uh, you know, the horticulture industry or the, the farm and ranch industry or the dairy industry or whatever and how things get done, how we eat. Um, so, uh, you know, there were, there were places in Texas and these kind of suburban areas where, um, either the neighbors didn't like the way farming looked anymore and they were new to the area and, or, uh, the city saw that this, uh, land that was in, in ag valuation would be much more valuable on the tax rolls as market value. So there were some pretty ridiculous, in my opinion, ridiculous ordinances that were passed to, to move those people out of the way. Um, and I can think of a couple of examples that were brought to us early on. Um, one was where one city was uh, uh, passed an ordinance so that would prohibit a person from storing round bales in a hayfield for more than 48 hours. Wow. And uh, that seems preposterous to me, uh, but they, they passed that ordinance and they passed it in the name of public health. And uh, which is an, another preposterous thing to me. Anyway, so um, we literally had a, a, a farmer drive his tractor down I-35 from the Metroplex to Austin and uh, to raise awareness. I met with him and my staff met with him. We talked with him and got his stories firsthand, saw and held the violation notices in our hands. It showed where he was being fined for things like that, where he had some, in fact, it, at one point had some crops that were, uh, that exceeded the vegetation height limits that a city had enacted. And so the city went in and destroyed those crops and then 
charged him for the destruction of those crops and then find him on top of that. And so um, after seeing that, seeing that firsthand, I went to some, a city council meeting, met with, uh, had a couple other members there as well, and uh, saw it firsthand, met with farmers and ranchers at that council meeting, and we decided it was time for the state to step in and protect the fundamental rights of these folks to grow food and fiber for Texans. And uh, that's how it all began. Um, we drafted a, a bill, it was House Bill 17, 1950 that passed this last session. House Bill 1750 basically stopped a, a city ordinance from being adopted uh, that would prohibit a person from performing a generally accepted ag practice, you know, that's involved in ag production, um, except unless or unless there uh, is clear and convincing evidence mm -hmm. of imminent danger to public health or safety. Um, you know, there that we understand that there, there should be an ordinance if it's truly there to help and, uh, and, and preserve public safety, but um, it can't be a supposition. We need to, th that evidence has to be there. It has to be imminent danger. Uh, so we created a higher bar, a much higher bar than what we had, but an appropriately higher bar. And uh, dovetailing off that, we, we realized a constitutional amendment is in order, not just this law. A law can be changed every two years by the legislature, but we need to ingrain these, enshrine these. We need to protect them in the constitution. Let the voters of Texas make a statement on how important agriculture is to our economy and to our lives. And then uh, let the voters make that change. And the voters will be the only ones that could undo it uh, once it passed. And so we filed HJR 126. HJR 126 is what sets forth Proposition 1, the, the uh, Right to Farm Act. And um, it was passed out of the House and the Senate unanimously, proud to say. And because uh, I think our, our members of the legislature understood uh, pretty much, uh, you know, in both chambers, how important agriculture is uh, to the future of Texas. Mm -hmm. And so we uh, passed it and it, it'll, it'll now be on the ballot in November, November 7th. And uh, we're, we're very excited about it. It's absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about unanimously passing both chambers. That means this is a bipartisan measure, right? This means that the people's duly elected representatives are hearing from their constituents that this is something that needs to be brought about and that they should be able to enact their will and say what they want their state to do in the constitution. And uh, that that is huge. I mean, incredible work. Can can you speak to something? There was a question brought to me uh, about this. We, we understand that uh, folks in industry, the members of TNLA and, and uh, uh, horticulture, widespread and all across ag, we understand the importance of this. But if we were talking to our neighbors, you know, uh, other constituents in the state that may not be from our industry, uh, why would it be important to them to vote for this? Well, uh, I can tell you this. Um, if you eat, if you like to eat in Texas, then this amendment should be important to you. Um, th this amendment touches all aspects, all sizes, all shapes and sizes of, of ag producers, uh, small farmers, small family farmers, uh, small farmers on the edge of a city, big farmers out in the country. Um, it, even, uh, it even touches and protects these community gardens that are in inner cities where folks are growing their own food, uh, their own fruits, vegetables, um, you know, in, in, in backyards and community gardens that, that may be set up. And, and it protects them as well. Uh, and, and so that's why it's, it's really important to everybody. And it's not about necessarily preserving our, our heritage and our way of life, which that is important as well. It's really about 
the future of Texas as we, as you know, as, and here's the, a couple of stats, you know, as we've, as we've grown, we've grown, uh, you know, about 12 million folks over the last 20 years, uh, give or take. We've also lost about a million acres of production of farmland. Um, we're expected to grow another 12, 13, or up to 18 million people over the next 20 years. We've, we've got to be able to feed them. And the bottom line is we're having to feed more folks with less land. And uh, so it's important that we, we preserve the rights uh, of these farmers and ranchers for the future of Texas. Uh, so that's the deal. If, uh, if, if a safe and affordable food supply is important to you as a Texan, then this proposition ought to be important to you as well. Absolutely. Uh, there, there are a plethora of ways uh, that, you know, members of TNLA are invested in this issue to make sure that we can get this across the finish line. How can people support this cause? Well, in a lot of ways, we, uh, we, so when we passed the amendment, I thought it was important that we get a jump that we, we knew there were going to be several amendments. There's 14 amendments on the ballot. Um, uh, we're blessed to have proposition one in the drawing. We, we, we were chosen as proposition one. That's a random draw. So a uh, truly a blessing, but we knew there was going to be a lot of, lot, lot of propositions, a lot of folks fighting for your attention on these November ballots. So I, I established the right to farm pack and, uh, and in an effort to bring the ag community, everyone that wanted to be related, that's even closely related to ag production or eating or feeding Texans, uh, to be able to come together, contribute, and have a unified effort that we could all stand behind. So we created the Right to Farm Texas PAC. And so folks can contribute to that PAC. We've had groups like TNLA who've given generously, um, you know, other groups out there, other associations, other commodity groups that have given generously to help that effort. Um, the other thing is, uh, of course, more, most importantly, is get out there and vote on November 7th or once early voting starts on October 23rd. Um, but it's really important. Things like this, we're expecting a very low turnout. Uh, it's a constitutional election uh, in November, so it's probably pretty low turnout. But um, we need you to communicate to your family, friends, employees, employers how important that this, uh, that this amendment is to the future of Texans. And by word of mouth, that's going to be a big deal. So um, contributing to the pack so that we can get commercials running, which we'll start sitting here in, a, in, a, in about a week or so on TV, on major networks. We've got radio commercials we're going to see that you'll be seeing and hearing. You, perhaps you've seen some of the billboards that we've been able to put up on I-35 in different parts of, uh, of the state already. And um, uh, so tell your neighbors, tell your family. Uh, that's, that's the most important thing. Get out there and vote. And then if you wanted to contribute to the pack as a, and we made the pack to where you can accept individual donations, association donations, and even corporate donations. Um, all of those are ways to do that. And if you want, if somebody wanted to look into all that, um, we have a website, it's right. The number two farm, texas.com, right to farm, texas.com with the number two on there. Um, yeah. That's, uh, that's where you can get access to information you may want to share, um, graphics that you may want to use for something. Uh, we had a group yesterday, I noticed out in Clay County, I, I saw it yesterday, a group of kiddos were uh, doing an ag day and they all, all had right to farm t-shirts on. They had taken the logo, which we want them to do, taken the logo, made t-shirts on their own accord out in Clay County, and they were hosting this ag day, teachers, students, other folks in the community, and they all saw the right to farm logo yeah. And um, I mean, that's a big, that's a big deal. So anyways, that, that those are a few of my ideas or uh, ways I think folks could help. 
Absolutely. And we love to hear that. I mean, you know, Clay County, those kids, those T-shirts is exactly what you're talking about. The future of Texas, right? Making sure that we're able to have an agricultural industry that's thriving uh, for the future. You know, and for us specifically at TNLA, horticultural industry, right? I think oftentimes it's overlooked. People just think that we're talking about, you know, cows, chickens, and corn. And, and you know, there there is that other part of it, right? Whether we're talking about growing things that you eat or things that beautify the land, the oxygen that we breathe. I know many of us forget those early science lessons and how we need trees, uh, you know, so we can have great and clean oxygen. We, we've seen uh, in other parts of the country uh, where they're not able to have that thriving uh, green space, uh, the heat and different things that they deal with, right? So, yes, sir. Right. It's great. Well, Representative Burns, we appreciate you uh, taking on this cause. I want to say on behalf of all TNLA members uh, that are in full support of Proposition 1, uh, that we are going to continue to push our members to get out early voting, whether it's October 23rd or on Election Day, November 7th, uh, to say yes to Proposition 1. And we, again, thank you for being a champion uh, for this cause. Well, I don't know if I'm much of a champion, but I, it's something I believe in, and I and I share I share the concerns and the priorities with your with your with your members, and uh, I'm proud to do it, and uh, humbled to do it, and uh, just I, I I'm uh, I'm not just like every every one of your members and everybody else, uh, just uh, want to see our ag industry thrive and uh, and and ensure a great future for Texas. So. Uh, uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. And, and I'm stand ready to serve any way I can for you or your members. Yes, sir. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen of TNLA, this has been Representative Burns, Texas House District 58. We thank him. This has been another episode of The Green Report. And I'm In this industry, protecting your business starts with protecting your employees. And that's especially important when they're behind the wheel. Motor vehicle crashes are the number one cause of workplace fatalities in Texas, but there are steps you can take to keep your drivers safe. And step one is contacting Texas Mutual Insurance Company. They created the Texas Green Industry Safety Group specifically for businesses like yours, and they can help you train your drivers to buckle up, slow down, avoid distractions, and stay alert on the road. Plus, as a safety group member, you'll save an average of 12% on your workers' comp premium and have the chance to earn an extra dividend every year. If safety and savings sound good to you, get started today by talking to your agent or visiting texasmutual.com slash texasgreenindustry.